0: tell us uh give us the details of what was going on at that moment
1: yeah um you know uh, i was affected so so badly by by covid um that that morning we had we had called for the ambulance to come and um and i don't remember much after that um but in, in fact my my family gives a lot of the details of of how worried they were mm. uh my my father was there at the same time as my wife. And, and um, although I don't remember a lot of the initial uh, feelings, he told my wife to go home and,
0: and prepare the kids that I was, I was dying. So, wow. And you felt like you were dying too, I guess. You, uh, you've said that it made you terribly anxious uh, to, um, to be intubated, as I recall. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which is understandable. Uh, I mean, anything going down your throat like that is, is pretty rough.
1: Well, absolutely, and, and you know, circumstances not not getting enough air and the drugs, whatever it may be, really put my mind in a bad place. I I underst I I knew what a uh, you know I knew what it was to be intubated. I knew about the ventilators and uh, particularly with COVID, it was it was maybe a newer concept to me, but I knew it. And yet when I was there, I didn't understand it. And so there was a real, uh, not being really aware when they inserted that to, to, to kind of wake up and, and have that was, was uh, terrifying. It was a terrifying thing, uh, coupled with a, an inability to breathe was just really scary
0: now it was it's an interesting uh story especially because you go through a dark place to get to a very beautiful place and um you the question is i guess whether these are hallucinations but it it seems like they were not that you heard people telling you that they were going to kill you and uh and that certainly wasn't the hospital staff
1: right um
0: yeah there was there was definitely There was
1: something there was um there there, it really felt like there was a force trying to get me to give up um and whether that was at that point whether that was my own mind or or you know some some dark force really um coming at me uh it was there was there was a power there and and while i had those experiences those specific dark experiences it was all centered there in the in the hospital room, and and it was just terrifying. It was just terrifying anxiety, uh, and just the way that time moved was was particularly scary.
0: Mm. There were times in the hospital when I was chaplain that it seemed like there were souls gathered there, and uh, one of the nurses I knew who was pretty clairvoyant said she saw ghosts in the hospital, and uh, it occurred to me that maybe these were like fallen souls. I mean, especially during that time of COVID when there were so many people dying from this disease, um, that they might uh, come after you. I think you said at one point that they seemed like um, not like demons or anything, but more like like people who'd been put in a small place, and this was giving them some sort of pleasure that they were giggling at the thought of of taking your soul away
1: yeah yeah somewhere within there i it's as if i became aware of that now uh, i saw these people in the hospital these and 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 they really it was always against me it was always negative um for the most part um just just purely negative and and causing this deep anxiety and it was almost a separate thing. And I, I I can't actually recall at what point I saw this, but I, I became aware of that there are there are souls that their whole purpose is to trick somebody or to to put somebody into the, their own that same position as them and that they found excitement in that. And, you know, the, uh, the, what I viewed was that they were just laughing and waiting for for something to happen.
0: Wow. And even the hospital staff was pretty negative about your chances of survival. They gave you what five percent chance of, of living, right?
1: Yep, the hospital staff, after the fact, had, had told us that. Now, hospital staff was was really great to us, but but there was, uh, as they communicated to my wife, uh, they there was no promises. There was no. Uh, it, it was weeks into it before they. They gave any kind of positive indication uh, to my wife. They, they were really careful with their language because they they thought we weren't going to make it. And and I had I did have some nurses after the fact come up to me and say, "Oh, we were so worried about your children." And I said, "You weren't worried about me." And they said, <laughs> well, and one in particular said,
0: "We thought we knew what was going to happen to you." Wow, that's brutally honest. <laughs> Well your wife Amy prayed I understand that that you would see your two deceased children.
1: Correct. She did. She um she she understood how it may be for me. Um covid protocols kept family from being there in the hospital and I was I was terribly confused and because of that uh because of the horror with that she that was kind of her hope is that that my two children could could be there with me to to comfort me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, elsewhere in my family, they they kind of worried about that. They worried that uh, I'd give up. <laughs> there was a real sense that and, and maybe it's my man colds over the years, the way I've reacted to to little things. But but my family really worried that there was a chance that I would give up. No. Um, yeah
0: course you had uh four four little babies at home that uh that you needed to come back to as well but uh, i would think given the amount of time and care that your first two children needed that you had bonded really deeply with them uh
1: yeah i mean it was you know people people sometimes think that when uh that, that disabled children are are just totally hard to deal with. Um, and that really wasn't the case for us. We, we always had somebody to hold, I could, I could read a book or or do whatever, watch a show, and I could just hold hold these children. Um, just just always had them close. Uh, and they couldn't run away. When I when I needed somebody there, I could always keep them there and and just enjoy their company.
0: So Tell us once you'd passed through this realm of angry souls what what you then witnessed
1: yeah so uh, you know just had this constant darkness constant anxiety and then and then I was just there I was just in a different place uh, and and this place was beautiful um I I just had it's as if every bad feeling, was just ripped away from me, every, every um, anxious feeling, every, and I've always got some anxious feeling, but every anxious feeling, every worry, every impatience was just taken from me, and everything was lighter. And also, I was suddenly not in pain anymore. Uh, And and that kind of shocked me, except that this place it felt like something had connected it felt like i was i was home that, that this connection had been bridged and i was home but this this place was just just beautiful there was um it, it it's as if i was just at the very end of a building and this building had i don't even want to say constructed it it, it had been made out of pearl almost formed out of pearl not not a bunch of little pearls, but the pearl element, and it it just lit up beautifully. But there weren't there weren't lights. It just it's just the things glowed, and and there, everything was light. And the building opened up to an external landscape, and in that external landscape, it was just just beautiful. There was um, just a landscape that that ended in a haze. That kind of went off into the sky. It, it felt like from that end that we were on an island in the sky. Now, on the other end, it, it's as if the building um, tightened up as it as it came closer, as if it was in a tunnel. But but I will say this: it didn't feel. I never never felt as if I was traveling through a tunnel. At least I don't recall anything along those lines. But but the building almost seemed to to turn into a tunnel at the other end.
0: And I think you said it. It opened up uh, similarly to the um, Sydney Opera House in Australia.
1: Right. Yeah. Just, just a, a wide opening, opening to the the outside with a, just an open face. But yeah, that's
0: the closest thing I could compare it to. <laughs> what did you see uh, outside where where it opened to a view? You know, that's. I wish I
1: could describe that perfectly. I saw. There were um, on the ground there was riding. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a disclaimer here because this makes it, this takes away from it. Mm. But there were there were circular designs, um, almost as if you'd see on a basketball court. And now I'm gonna take that back, right? Because, <laughs> because this was something there was something beautiful about it. There it was not a basketball court, but I did see circular designs on the ground um but but just on the outside things were so clean that on on one hand i thought this isn't real but on the other hand i thought i've never seen something so real in my
0: life this is what this is reality and i think you compared it to a virtual reality in a way because it was so perfect
1: exactly yeah my you know my soul my consciousness couldn't comprehend what it was and 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 why it was so perfect. Um, I smelled flowers, but I didn't see flowers. I felt this just wonderful feeling while I was there, um, and that's that's kind of how my consciousness explained it. Now I, I do think there was a reason for that, you know, and I can get into that later. But I, even though I was in this fear when I was in the hospital, I was in such fear that I was going to die a slow death. Uh, And I was preparing myself for, for that death. As I was here, I hadn't, it's almost as if the possibility of what this place was had been removed from my mind. And so the only explanation was that this was some sort of virtual reality.
0: And yet it felt like home to you, too. It did. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I may have this wrong, but I believe in the Mormon tradition families collect in one place. The Bible, as Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many rooms or many mansions, that that in the Mormon tradition, there is a place where the whole family gets together, or you, you have a, you know, I've heard it described as a planet, where you have your family. Did you have a feeling about this space like that? Yeah, now, uh, if this space
1: didn't, it, it's hard to say Hard to call it a planet. Uh, it, it, but it felt like a little island in the sky. It, um, and yet that was one thing that occurred to me. Um, and, and keep in mind, I didn't, I didn't even consider that this was the spirit world. I didn't consider that this was heaven. And yet the thing that occurred to me was that the connection happened and this is our place. This is where where we meet. But now, you know, and, and I'll get into this later as well. But the we was also the question. Who is who is we mm. in this in this situation? But but it's very much conveyed to me. And, and when these things were conveyed, there was very little conveyed to me, but when they were conveyed to me, it's just it was as as if truth had had just, I don't I don't even know how to explain it, but there was no. There was no doubting those few things that were conveyed to me
0: and was it on this first occasion that you were there that you saw these two or you you saw a beautiful woman and 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 the presence of someone else as well yeah.
1: yeah, so I didn't even see the presence of the man it's 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 hard to explain how I knew that he was there. I knew the presence was there, but i don't I don't recall necessarily seeing. Uh, that presence. I did see the woman. I saw this this just beautiful woman, and I did understand that there was a connection to them. Um, I understood that there was a love and that she loved us, she took care of our
0: family and and particularly my children. And how did she appear? did, did Were you there alone at first or was she there from the time you arrived? I was alone at first. I, I remember looking at the
1: place and taking it in, but I also it feels like I knew somebody was coming mm-hmm. and I don't know how long I was there. I just knew that I was happy to be there. I was happy to wait. I was happy. And that's not me. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a happy to wait person. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: yet, yet those, those idea it's not, some people say they don't feel time, and I didn't necessarily feel a lack of time. Maybe I did, but but what really strikes me is that I felt there was no there was no rush. There was nothing other than whatever was going to happen that I needed to worry about. and I, I felt very relaxed and whether I don't really know how long I waited. But there was there was time that I was just there alone, breathing it in and feeling it. And there was also time when I expected their arrival. But but then they they did
0: arrive. And did you feel like it was their place as um, I think at some point she told you that she'd put a lot of work into it? Was that what she meant by that? So I knew that
1: there were a few things I knew that she had put a lot of work into me, um, uh, and, and into my healing. And, and that kind of came later. I see. Um, but, but this did, it felt like our place, the place where we meet, It, it wasn't necessarily any other place. And this, I think it's worth pointing out that as beautiful as this was, it didn't feel, it didn't necessarily feel like this was the highest of high places. It just felt like our place. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt like it it had connected. Now, what she did explain to me was, uh, and and a lot of this wasn't even explained, it was just as if it was downloaded, that this woman cares for my family. She takes care of us. and, And and I just knew these things. I knew that she had I what I did understand was that she put a lot of effort into my children. Um and so as 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 this was becoming clear to me, I thought in my mind that I should ask what her name is. And then and then I kind of stepped back in my thoughts and I said, I know who this is. That would be really embarrassing for me to ask that question. I I know who she is. She's obviously taking care of my kids and um when it was explained to me that she had taken care of my kids it's as if it's as if that memory was downloaded to me now i didn't i didn't see specific memories i didn't see that you know she was there when my kid was in a wagon this day or anything like that i didn't i didn't see specific memories but it it became part of me that yes she she has been there. She's taking care of the kids. Um, and that that was one of those other things just given to me that was that was undeniable. So even though. In my mind, I didn't I didn't know her name, I didn't it, it felt like I didn't remember her name. I, I knew these things about them. And so it just would have it felt like it would have been really embarrassing to, to ask them. Their names, and then even this this man, as I knew his presence was there, uh, I didn't feel an urgency to to have him come face to face with me. I didn't have an urgency to see his face because I just this felt so much like our place to come together that I kind of just felt like, oh, I'll be back, I'll be right back.
0: And how long did it feel like you were there before you had to return to the hospital?
1: Um. You know that's a tricky question because I felt like I was there about a day. Uh, that first time I felt like I was there about a day, but um, I the 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 really weird feeling was coming back into the hospital and knowing that when I really came to that it had been about a week and a half, um, and and yet feeling like. I had been gone for months, so i don't I do not remember months' worth of memories or experiences i I remember what felt like a day, you know, not a day and a night, just about a day being there, and it was so relaxed um, and just just a beautiful feeling, a beautiful feeling of love there, but it felt like a day.
0: do you remember much communication between the two of you?
1: There was, there, um, there was always the downloads and she was very patient with me and and this, this all felt very appropriate, you know, but I just, I just watched her. I just admired her beauty and just, just watched her walk around. I, I just, and there was just love flowing from her, love flowing from me, um, and and I just felt like she was patient with me. She she allowed me to to do nothing at all and just kind of soak soak it in. Um, but there was there was some communication. I don't I don't specifically recall her opening her mouth and and talking as we do, but I do remember her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely remember her voice, and it's it's one of the most special things that I hold the of of all memories it's it's one of the most special things to have that voice and i can recall that at any time and it's it's kind of like my whoopee you know little kids have their their blanket and for me as an adult that's the that's the one thing that i i cling on to is is hearing that voice wow
0: so then you're back in the hospital and and I, I, all the f- negative feelings return even to the point of wishing that you would die. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I came back,
1: same negative feelings, same, you know, hearing voices of, you know, you're going to die and, uh, and two, three, two out of three chance you're going to die. But it, you know, and, and there was a greater chance that I was going to die, but these voices were cheering on my death. Um. Mm-hmm and so back in the hospital, it was just, once again, it was terrifying. It was, I was experiencing this throbbing pain in my leg. And, and then the, the real panic that I had in the hospital was, was being there and having the ventilator tube in my mouth. Um, because when I was slightly aware there was rarely anybody in the in the hospital room and that's not an indication of the hospital staff that's more of an indication that this was the peak of covid and the hospitals were overrun um so nobody there weren't people there to say hey you're going to be okay hey this is all right it was it, the nurses were running around they were they were run ragged but um to have this thing in my mouth and they didn't know they didn't know that i didn't understand what it was but i had a little thing it was the it was the ventilator right and it was a tube down to my lungs and it was breathing for me but i also had uh an oxygen mask over that and i thought this dang thing is in the way of my oxygen mask i can't breathe and and i could, you know the amount of air that was really filling my lungs was so minimal because my lungs were in such bad shape but i i felt like somebody was out to get me in addition
0: to hearing hearing voices and and seeing some of these things and uh i understand you were thrashing around sometimes violently yeah you said something about leaving uh uh, deep tissue scars on your face
1: yeah i've got a got a good scar here at It looked a little more macho at the time, but it 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 really stretched across my face and it was more just trying to to um, prop that oxygen mask on my face. At one point it fell off and I I tried as hard as I could to get it back on, not realizing that there was a machine breathing for me. I was so dependent on that oxygen mask and just didn't really understand. And they had your. Uh, your
0: hands tied down too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. But then you were back again in the beautiful place. Yeah. So you know, peak.
1: Those thoughts were all through my head again, and I just thought, rather than being tortured and killed, I just need to die. And and there was nothing I could do. I was, My hands were tied down. That was. As terrifying as it sounds, I think they understood that that we can act erratically. And so um, there was nothing that I could do, but I thought, I need to die. I need to find a way to die. And I, I fought for it, um, fought, fought to die rather than be tortured and then die. And once again, I found myself in this place. And, and this time, there was a little more direct communication. And, and it started slow. You know, once again, there was no pressure. There was no pressure to, to talk quickly. And my mind had become totally separated from the hospital. It wasn't even a consideration. There was the initial feeling of, oh, I'm not in pain anymore. And then And then I couldn't even consider the hospital because I was so much focused on just how beautiful this place is. Uh, And and frankly, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I could even comprehend those same stresses anymore in this place. Um, But I, I saw her again. I walked with her again. There were things communicated to me and, and this, um, at this point she she looked at me uh and she was very direct with me very direct and loving and and i i would say this there was one point where um she laughed at me <laughs> oh. and it was it was as if a mother had you know as if your child had said something silly you know misunderstood a word or something like that but she laughed at me. I think she could see the confusion. She knew that I didn't fully wasn't fully allowed to comprehend where I was or or anything along those lines. But she she laughed at me and I took no offense. I could see the purity in in her laugh. I could understand that I did something silly, but I didn't. If that were to happen here, I'd I'd be offended. I, you know. I would be very bothered to be laughed at, and yet, I just felt the love. I, I saw the laugh, uh, heard the laugh, and I just, I just felt love, and I didn't feel a need to get clarity on what I was misunderstanding. But um, we spoke, and we spent a lot of time together again, um, and I don't remember a lot of that, but I do remember spending time, and then she she really talked to me and she she had to be a little more stern um a little more direct i would say and she just said she said will you uh, you need you need to calm down and and it came into my mind oh i'm in the hospital i do i need to calm down she said you need to calm down everything's going to be okay um that was really important for her to to tell me. And I don't feel like I went immediately back to the hospital, but but I felt like those were important words. Um, and then and then I did, I just I just felt just a tremendous love there. And the, the way that I explain this is that I've just never felt that love on this on this earth. I my wife is so good. she is so kind. she's so patient with me. My kids are so good. I've just felt tremendous love in this earth, and yet I've never felt love like that it was It was palpable. it was just a flowing feeling um throughout my body um and and that's the thing that really stood out here. But after she said that, I I found myself back in the hospital again, not there was some time that passed. And then I was back in the hospital. And there was no, there was still no disconnect from my mind that I was, I was not able to disconnect from the trouble. Right? I, I came back to the hospital and I thought, Okay, they're still trying to kill me, but she told me to be calm and she told me everything's going to be okay. And I knew that. When she told me certain things, I just knew them. And I at the back of my mind now and I'm in a more limited brain space back in the hospital, but in my mind I'm I'm thinking, okay, I don't I don't understand how this is going to work, but but I know that she's right and I I feel some confidence in that. And so there was there was a little bit of calmness, but but still looking at nurses and, and I couldn't talk at the time. And I nurses were struggling to communicate with me. And I I really took it as apathy at best. And you know, that some were still just didn't care. But as as time went on, I, I felt okay but but it was dark enough that she needed to come to me one more time and that last time i didn't i didn't go anywhere but she showed me an image now now keep in mind i as i met this woman i was so familiar with her i i recognized her i recognized the feeling and the care and recognized that that she cared for my family that as i came back to the hospital i thought she's such a good neighbor she's such a good neighbor to to love my kids and to take care of my kids and in the midst of my anxiety here in the hospital i just thought we need to take care better care of her she she has she's given so much of her adult life to taking care of someone else's kids that I, I just feel guilty, you know, we need to find her a, a a boyfriend, and we need to, uh, you know, we need to make her life a little bit easier, so there were these natural ideas here on earth, but at the same time, I, I was trying to put the pieces together, who is this neighbor, where does she live, Um, I was trying to match her here on earth with, with a face, Um, because that, Feeling of familiarity—that feeling that she had been here for the last decade or so—really rang true for me. And finally, the darkness kind of crept in again, and I was really feeling down. um, Even even had a point where I thought I was dead. Everything had kind of stopped, and uh, for for a moment there, I I thought I was was dead, and and she just came to me um i i wasn't in the place but she just came to me and she said um, in fact i don't even know that i saw her face i saw the image and i heard her voice and she said we'll be together again we will we will be whole we'll be together again and um and she showed me a picture of my family and and i wish i had a perfect view of this picture because she was probably in that picture of, of my family. She, um, but she showed me that image and she said, we'll be, we'll be whole again. And I thought, well, that's sure strange that my neighbor, uh, lumps herself so closely with the family that, that she would say that. Um, but the other thing that, that came was, was kind of downloaded to me is that she had to do some sort of inner working to bring me back. That she had done these amazing things. Now, as I'm here on earth, and and this very much happened as I was in the hospital, but but I do think my consciousness was in a higher state as that was communicated to me. But it very much felt like, um, you know, that she had... Put this tremendous effort into, into saving my life. And as I was thinking of this, after the fact, I thought, oh, she did something real scientific. <laughs> you know, she figured something out. Um, but there was also something miraculous to it. There was this miraculous science that she had done. And that that, of course, was my earth explanation for this. But once again, as she explained that to me, I knew, I knew I would be okay. And, and from there, everything improved. Now my hospital stay was rough, but, but I knew from that point that everything would be okay. And just knew that, that this woman had, had really figured something out and she was, she had figured a way out that I would, I would
0: live and that I would see my family again. So you, felt like she had personally participated in the, in the healing of your body as well as in the healing of your stress yeah wow. yeah absolutely did you think of her as an angel at that point or were you still struggling to figure to remember her name I was still
1: struggling I was still struggling to remember her name um, and 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 the hard thing is is i I just knew everything she said was true. But but the next couple of weeks in the hospital, well, I was aware in the hospital for about a week and a half after that, or uh, I don't know about a week or so. But um, as I was in the hospital, I I still was trying to remember who she was, and in my mind, I went through every house in the neighborhood, and I matched the people who lived in those houses, and I thought. you know, I'm in this weakened state again, and I thought, I I don't know who this woman is. And there was this battle of, her words were so true, and I know something miraculous happened, and I know that there were answered prayers, I know that all these these wonderful things happened, and I I I just couldn't deny her words, but I started to deny her in my mind because I couldn't match up who she was. I had the face so perfectly in my mind, but I I couldn't match her up to what I what I guess I expected here. I thought there's no way anybody outside of this neighborhood could could put in the time that I felt so clearly that she was putting in. And I I I kind of disconnected. You know, I had I had conversations with my wife about this place and I couldn't, I couldn't clearly communicate it, but, but in my mind at the time, I thought, let's go back, let's go back to this place. Uh, because it felt like that. It felt like this was, this was now a place that, that, you know, we'd be able to go back to. And maybe it was just that the, the sense of time from that point was that I would be right back. You know, I, uh, Hopefully, I've got a real long way to go, but but as far as that concept, it, maybe it just felt like I would be right back, but I talked about the place, and, and you know, as, as time went on, I, I just, I kind of had these dark ideas in my head, too, and these voices, and, and thought, you know what, that, that didn't really happen. This, there was nobody threatening me in the hospital and and so my mind i allowed the idea to creep into my mind that maybe this was a hallucination too um but i i felt those feelings and and just knew that what she said was was so true mm-hmm. um and so it was a real struggle and i i went through the next few weeks they they took me home a little probably a little prematurely except that hospital beds were so taken up. Yes. And I really struggled for the next few weeks to move to do really basic things. Um, and and it was just my lungs, right? It was it was just COVID, but my whole body had had been affected. And I, you know, used a, a wheelchair to get around, I couldn't even push myself in the wheelchair for a couple of weeks, um, could barely move around, I always needed somebody with me. But after about three weeks went by, I was finally able to to get up the stairs with oxygen and to do some really basic things. And, and, and I finally had a day where I felt like, OK, my pain and everything was manageable. I'm, I'm going to make it through this. And um, I, I found myself three in the morning or whatever and I I don't really remember the exact time, but I did, I emailed my wife at this time, she was asleep, but I wanted to to tell her what thoughts I was having. But I found myself just in the bathroom connected to to our bedroom, and just thinking, just had this overwhelming thought of, you almost died, and you need to learn a lesson. And, And so I thought, okay, what, what do I need to learn? How do I need to be a better dad? What do I, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? You know, is this moved into this idea of what, what do I need to fix in my life? And, and just kind of ran through some things because I really felt this powerful feeling that I, I had something to learn from, from this. And as I went through all these fixes that i could do you know those were important but it it just wasn't feeling right and finally it hit me as if i was there again i saw her face and and relived some of these memories and even felt those same feelings and and at this point it occurred to me that this woman had a real family resemblance this woman looked like my mother she looked like my wife and she had this kind of family resemblance that now although the face was sitting there so perfectly in my mind throughout this time it it hit me it struck me right now at, at, at this point and i realized this is it this is what i was supposed to learn not not some great lifestyle change although you know i could lose some pounds and, and and do some things that that you know keep me out of the hospital it, it occurred to me this is this is what i need to learn that this who this woman was now there are and and if it's not painfully obvious at this point this woman was was my daughter but just to go back onto my daughter my daughter was born with with severe uh you know she was severely deformed. When she was first born, it wasn't as apparent, but her her head began to grow. She had hydrocephalus and she she had such a tiny body. Um you know maybe got to I don't know, 15, 17 pounds by the time that she was 16 months old and she just just had a lot of veins in her head and um she was deformed enough that she was kind of the subject of of mocking. You know, we'd walk around a grocery store when we lived in Florida and and you'd always hear, oh, look at that baby with the big head. And, and we would hear these things and they and they just hurt. And um, to to see that, to to see that, Whitney, and to see the pain that we perceived was was tough uh it was it was really tough to see and so to see this woman this 30-year-old woman now Whitney would not naturally have been 30 Whitney would have been naturally about 16 years old but this this 30 year old woman was was my daughter um and to see her in such perfect condition was beautiful now not only was she in perfect condition she she had a family resemblance now there's nothing about my family resemblance that i would call perfect and yet it was and so there's a real beauty in that to me that that there was still something important about our genetic view or you know there was still me and there was still my wife in this in this beautiful seemingly perfect being so and it, and it really hit me at that time that Maybe my maybe my brothers, maybe my parents, anybody that that doubted me, maybe they were right. Um, I really feel like there was a reason why I was not allowed to know who this woman was. I really feel like I was not allowed to to comprehend what this place was. As much as I wanted to die, when I arrived in this place. I couldn't, I couldn't consider that this was heaven or that this was the spirit world. And, and yet I felt the beauty and I understood the beauty and I understood the connection and the truthfulness. Now, um, I want to go back to the man there. I saw, I saw this man there and there was, he was there. I knew he was there and I don't even know how i just, how I can explain this, except that I sensed that he was there. There was no, I don't recall a shadow or anything along those lines. But um, my Vincent was a little different from Whitney. He, He grew to be eight years old and he did have some of the same deformities, but not on as big of a scale. And the thing about Vincent is he grew to be old enough that had I seen Vincent, had I been granted the chance to see Vincent, I might have, I might have understood who he was. (laughs) And as my as my siblings thought, um I might have gone in their direction. Um, To have to have children that you miss so badly and then to to um to be in their presence is you know, just, just amazing, just, and and I didn't, I, as I, even though I recognized so many beautiful things, the, the really amazing part came after I thought back and realized that, that family connection, that, those familiar genetic uh, views of, of my daughter, and that, that was really special for me, and I, I really do think, there would have been a real pull. I think there is anyway. Uh, a lot of times there's the pull to to be in this, this just beautiful, peaceful place. But but had I understood who they were, um, I, I think the pull would have been just so strong, maybe maybe too strong.
0: That you would have stayed there.
1: Yeah, no. and and that's a hard thing to admit. No. <laughs> Uh, because I do you know I have these obligations and I just have just a beautiful family I'm so happy with them and I'm so proud of them but I think that is the beauty of this place is is that some of these cares and some of these uh and, and in my case it was so exaggerated the anxieties and the worries it was so huge and then to be in this place that was the opposite um I think it's it's easy to see that and and I think it's just kind of a testament of of what's out there of what awaits us in the next life how beautiful that is
0: so you think because Vincent had reached the age of 8 that if you'd seen his face you would have known that these were your children and that's why he stayed in the shadow I think so
1: uh. I think so I can't I can't think of any other reason why I wouldn't have seen his face but um you know, Vincent grew to be big enough that I I see you know I'll see another child sleeping and I see I see Vincent's face and you know had I seen a thirty year old version of Vincent I probably would have recognized that. Now now Whitney was just so skinny so tiny that I don't I don't think that was necessarily the case at the moment. And even when I saw her I didn't I I don't didn't necessarily recognize her as Whitney. When I really put that picture out there, I recognized her as as family. And that love, that feeling of love confirmed to me who that was.
0: Well, you had taken such care of those kids, you and Amy, that uh, I guess they felt it was the least they could do to restore you to health. On a supernatural level, that's the way families should always work. That's, yeah. that's, that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, just also wonderful that because Amy and I have always felt as if we have. We have had three families. We had Whitney. She passed. We had Vincent. And then we had the twins. But then Vincent passed. And then we had the first twins and the second twins. And so it's always felt like three families. And. Amy's always been there and I've always been there. Uh, and, and the, it's, it's kind of a horrifying feeling uh, to worry that something may happen to one of us because of that. Nobody else understands though, that feeling of three families. And yet, I really feel like that bridge has been gap, uh, that, that gap has been bridged because yeah. I I just have this understanding that she she knows her siblings she's she's been here she loves them uh even though you know i i don't have pictures of them together she had passed before they were born
0: but she's with them when she wants to be yeah yeah when you told amy was she jealous of this encounter that you'd have you know amy's amy's just sweet she um she's just so sweet and
1: and she just understood right away. I'm not, I'm not the type of guy who, um, I don't, I just don't talk about these things all the time. And she may think that I, I don't, (laughs) I don't care or whatever. And, and as I, I sent her that email, uh, you know, I was just in the other room writing her an email. I wrote the email to my mother as I, it was, I was just realizing that, I was looking into the eyes of of somebody who looked just like my mom and just like my wife, you know, just a perfect morph of the two, and I I felt a real need to send them an email, and so my wife actually she what she did is um, she grabbed her journal right then and she showed me her journal and she said, "This is the day. This is the day that I prayed that you would see." Our babies. And she she wrote in the journal, even even saying, I felt, I felt as if you had seen our babies. And then, you know, the the next three weeks as you recovered, I was really disappointed that there was nothing, there was nothing for you to say. It was and in those next three weeks, I was the, the first week and a half, every night I was waking up seven or eight times, just in a panic, uh, just not still not fully able to breathe. And so for her, that was kind of tough to, to say, cause she documented it that day. She said, I really feel like they are close to Travis. And then for, you know, it was for her, it was more of an, I told you so, <laughs> um, not, not that she had told me, but she, she had it there documented that that she had not only prayed about it but that that she had felt that I was I was going to be all right for that reason for the reason of of them being there
0: once you figured out these folks were that you visited did do you feel that there were um other long-term benefits or goals in your life now that you you didn't have before absolutely I've put a
1: lot of time into studying the near-death experiences of others. Um, they're special to me. And and the things that are special, for example, I read one the other day where a man talked about, uh, I think he had talked about seeing seeing his miscarried son. And he he remembered that voice. And the way he described it, I thought, he gets it he gets it. That's, that's something so special. And um, I I read these stories and they're special to me. Now, I used to think it was cool when somebody would have a near death experience, and they could say, Hey, I, I was floating in the hospital room, and I saw you go into the next room and scratch your head with a pit." you know, they they could verify things, you know, and somebody says, Oh, that that did happen. Those things were kind of neat to me. But to me now it's just there are things to me that feel proven. And and they feel proven because only somebody who has had those kind of experiences would explain something in the way that they did. So I think there's something special. There's something to look forward to. And and for me, the the real life changing thing is just a view of others that um and and you know I got a rough view of the world, but um, just the idea that people are loved, and and we we get to make mistakes and we still get to be loved and there's just something so fantastic that awaits us.
0: Well, Travis, we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for sharing this with with uh, with our audience amazing experiences and very personal and uh so it's it's good of you to be so open about it and it's going to help a lot of people who've lost children i know